Thank you for joining me for the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's October 2023. I recently watched the second televised debate among Republican candidates for president and was disappointed by the conduct of those proceedings. They were hard to follow due to a lot of interruptions, and they offered very little useful information in the format in which they were presented. In today's episode, I draw on my experiences in competitive debate back in school and professionally for the last 30 years in business litigation to offer two ideas for improving this kind of public debate. Debates among political candidates are important for democracy. Enabling strong and robust public debate about politics is at the core of the First Amendment to our Constitution. When candidates publicly express their views on the issues of the day and argue back and forth about issues with one another, voters are able to make more informed choices and pick the candidates to hold office who they believe best reflect their values and will best discharge the duties of that position. But the recent debate among the many GOP presidential candidates honestly looked more like a shouting match than a debate, and it's just not good. There was constant interruption, and that led to a disorganized presentation. When ideas come out and are hard to understand and hard to follow, that's not helpful for voters. And frankly, it's harmful for democracy overall, because anyone who watches for a few minutes that isn't really interested in the underlying subject is likely to just tune out, not pay attention, and do something else rather than following the issues in the election. I was a competitive policy debater in high school and college, and I've practiced law in Texas trial and appellate courts for 30 years. I've watched a lot of very contentious proceedings go forward where everybody understood what was going on and the necessary information was exchanged to educate the decision maker. Based on my many years of experience, I'm comfortable saying that the current approach we use to political candidate debates that go on TV has two basic problems. First, there are too many people talking. Outside of candidate debates, nobody interested in a meaningful discussion lets seven people try to talk all at once. In court, you have two sides. They take turns with their arguments and their witness examinations, and they're watched all the while by a professional judge with experience in conducting trials. Similarly, in every form of competitive debate that I'm familiar with, there are time limits that are agreed upon in advance, and the judge of the debate actively enforces those time limits. Indeed, the debaters commonly keep track of their own time and the other team's time as well as a double check. It's just not possible to have a conversation, much less informative debate among excited, enthusiastic people when people are talking over each other and can't be understood. Of course, voters are entitled to hear from all the relevant candidates. My point here is not about the cutoff point, what polls are required for someone to participate in a candidate debate. My point is about performance once you've made the decision. And performances like the GOP debate just aren't meeting the public's need. It's good that you have an election where people care enough that several people want to participate in the process. But when an election draws several candidates, debate organizers have to consider the use of pre-recorded answers to certain basic fundamental questions. What do you think about the national debt? What do you think about the crisis in Gaza? What would you do as president to free American hostages in a location that happens to be important at the time of the debate? That may be a little less lively, and there's less back and forth, but it's a lot better than a yelling match, which is plenty lively, but useless in terms of learning what people actually say. 
I'm not suggesting that we go back to a time of Zoom calls here that we all remember all too well from the pandemic, where everything's recorded, everything's virtual. Some back and forth is healthy, and it's important to capture people's interest, the point I was making earlier about avoiding people turning out. But for the basics, for the fundamentals, where you really do want to hear exactly what somebody's saying about an important issue of the day, that's where I feel that some pre-recorded material prepared in advance can be of real assistance in the process. Second point, moderators have to be able to and willing to turn off a speaker's microphone. They don't have any other choice here because moderators don't have any inherent authority over the participants in a candidate debate the way a judge might in a courtroom or academic exercise. For example, in a courtroom, when the judge says, be quiet, the lawyers are obviously going to obey. Aside of the ethical rules requiring them to do what the judge says, it's practically critical. The judge is going to decide their case or significantly influence it in the case of a jury trial. They don't want to make the judge mad. And in a jury trial, they don't want to look like a jerk. They want to look like they're playing ball and helping advance the process so the jurors can decide and go home in a timely and efficient way. Same holds true in competitive debate and public speaking. The debaters don't want to be penalized and thus potentially even lose the debate for violating the rules agreed upon in advance about time limits. But in contrast, political candidates don't have an incentive to obey a moderator when the moderator says time to stop talking. To the contrary, the perceived benefit of scoring a soundbite that might go viral on social media almost always outweighs the perceived risk of seeming rude to the moderator. The next day, if you made a good singer that everybody in the country is talking about, it's worth it. No one's going to remember that you seemed like a little bit of a jerk when that happened. And indeed, if you do it repeatedly talking over the moderator, a candidate's most ardent, strong supporters might really like that because it shows the candidate's tough and isn't going to be pushed around by some media person who they don't know or don't have respect for if they do know them. That's why moderators need a kill switch on the microphone to enforce a polite request that it's time for a candidate to stop talking. Simply asking nicely just isn't going to work against a candidate who's really determined to keep talking. They can just keep going, and you can keep asking, but there's not much you can do to make them stop until they're ready to stop. Admittedly, a moderator may not want to seem rude, or may not want to be called on the carpet the next day for playing favorites, stopping one speaker more than another speaker, even if they felt they had good reason to do so at the time. If that turns out to be a real concern for a particular moderator or group of candidates, easy enough. The task of operating the switch can be turned over to an electronic timer. Judges routinely use stopwatches to keep track of what's going on in their proceedings. In academic debating, electronic timers routinely beep in several places in the room when a speaker is coming to the end of their allotted time. And as to an objection about fairness, a candidate really has no reason to complain about unfair treatment if a computerized automated timer gives every candidate the exact same amount of time to speak and that time is enforced uniformly. The current situation is just not sustainable. Candidates are going to keep going over time and talking over each other because they don't have any incentive to do otherwise. In fact, they have an incentive to continue what their present practices and moderators have no ability to make them stop. That harms voters. They don't get the information that they want to make an informed decision about the election, and democracy itself is harmed by coming across as a yelling match, not fun to watch, and driving people to find other things to do with their time.
but with very simple reforms that are well within our technical capability, specifically the use of some pre-recorded video on basic questions in multi-candidate debates and a realistic ability to turn off the microphone, either a power that the moderator is given to use in their discretion or that a computer does automatically, candidate debates can be easily salvaged and very quickly become a truly beneficial part of the democratic process by which we choose candidates and ultimately elected office holders in this country. Today on Coalmind, I propose two reforms to televise political candidate debates. First, potentially requiring some portions to be recorded in advance, perhaps short one- or two-minute answers on basic issues of the day where you really want to know where everybody's coming from. And two, empowering moderators to have a realistic ability to flip a kill switch and turn off a participant's microphone. As the preliminaries for the 2024 election, such as more candidate debates, continue, along with the arguments for the October 2023 Supreme Court term, I look forward to bringing you more episodes about the important issues those processes raise. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.